What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to this edition of B-Shape Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the early morning hours of Saturday, July 29th, 2023. Holy smokes, that catch by Mike Talk to end the game tonight between the Cardinals and Cubs at Bush Stadium. So tonight, I was actually at Bush, but I was not covering the game. I went as a spectator for the first time in 2023. My wife was able to get some tickets from work. She is, uh, works in healthcare, and there was something special going on where she was able to get us some tickets, and we thought it'd be fun to go. And so we did that, and so I was in the left field stands looking over towards center field when I saw Mike Talkman, Rob, Alec Burleson, and the Cardinals of that baseball game. Unbelievable play. I don't think I can remember seeing that. A guy take one basically off the tippy tops of the blades of grass out there on Freeze's lawn to end a game where if that baseball touches grass, literally, the Cardinals win versus if he keeps it in the glove and keeps it off the grass, the Cubs win the game. A lot of baseball to lead up to just that one moment, but it was a fun night out at the ballpark, hot night at the ballpark. But a lot of interesting things happened after the game as we finally heard from Nolan Arenado on the entire saga as the rumors and reports continue to emerge regarding basically what should be qualified as the Los Angeles Dodgers' interest in him. Because that's really all that's been said at this point is that the Dodgers are interested and that the Cardinals are listening. Because we know, based on what John Mozeliak told us about a week and a half ago, that he's going to listen. He doesn't view it as a negative thing to hear out these offers. When a team comes knocking on his door, John Mozeliak's policy seems to be, let them in, see what they have to say. I don't have to buy anything from them, but it can't hurt to talk. We might be finding, though, an example of a scenario where it can hurt to talk, especially if you then decide not to talk and publicly reinforce some of the things that you had stated was going to be the course of action for the Cardinals. As John Mozeliak has gone radio silent in recent days, the entire Cardinals front office has done the same. As these Arenado rumors have spread like wildfire, leaving the player himself to, after Friday night's game, answer for something that he really has nothing to do with. Denied that he's been involved with talking to any, you know, Los Angeles media, said tonight that he didn't know where these reports came from but also indicated that he hasn't really spoken with John Mozeliak about the situation at hand either. We'll play some audio tonight from the Cardinal Clubhouse after the game, courtesy of KMOV, because I do write for KMOV, and will hopefully be having my kind of column on the Arenado stuff, and honestly, the lack of communication from John Mozeliak, his handling, and the entire front office's handling of what I am labeling the interpersonal side of this saga has been abysmal as the communication has been extremely lacking. And like I said, I wasn't in the clubhouse tonight, but we do have some of the audio courtesy of KMOV. And my colleague at KMOV, Tamar Scher, actually tweeted out some of the audio video of Nolan Arenado from the Cardinal Clubhouse. So check that out at Tamar's Twitter if you'd like to see even the facial expression of the Cardinal third baseman as he delivers some of these quotes that you're going to hear tonight. But that's what we're going to spend a lot of time on. I made the comment earlier on Twitter that 
I cannot wait for August 2nd because on the podcast, we'll then have an opportunity to talk about something different. But right now, it feels like the Arenado stuff continues to dominate the landscape. And for a Cardinal team that unfortunately lost another game tonight, 3-2 to is the final. Mentioned the Mike Talkman play off the top that ended the ball game. Alec Burleson gave it a ride to center. Couldn't quite get it outside the reach of Talkman, and that's what causes the loss for the Cardinals. Montgomery pitched just fine. Good to see that he wasn't injured. I mean, I thought it was risky, honestly, to have Jordan Montgomery out there to begin with tonight with the trade deadline looming, but seemingly all's well that ends well on that front. We might spend a little bit of time toward the end tonight if I don't go too long-winded on the Nolan stuff. Talking about the suspension for Miles Michaelis, what in the world is going on with MLB? Do they not realize they suspended this guy for eight and a third innings of Thursday's game? He had to miss the entirety of his start, essentially, as a result, which is fine. He threw at the guy, whatever. You're going to throw him out. We talked a lot about it yesterday. Agree, disagree. But the fact that they're now suspending him for five more games, Ali Marmel was suspended a game as well, surfed that on Friday night. I think I, I just feel like I'm in the twilight zone. So if I have any time to talk about that tonight, I will. But make sure you guys are subscribed to the Brendan Schaefer YouTube channel. We have been kicking ass and taking names, essentially, with all the Cardinals content that we're putting up. I've been grinding because I know that this is the time of year where Cardinals talk is hot and heavy. The trade deadline brings expectations for this team to reshape the future of the organization. That falls upon John Moselock. And so we're talking about it as much and as often as we possibly can leading up to the deadline. And of course, the fallout will be here to cover as well on the channel. Brennan Schaefer, St. Louis Cardinals writer. I do my writing for KMOV, cover a lot of the home games there in the clubhouse. Boots on the ground with some frequency, just not today, because today for the first time all year, I went as a spectator to the ballpark with my wife. But we still have plenty to talk about, despite the fact that it wasn't really a work night for me while I was spending my time at Bush Stadium. But subscribe on YouTube, and if you want to hear the podcasts in their entirety in audio form on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to Be Shafe Daily in those locations as well. And for those who are maybe new to my content, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bshafer12. It mostly serves as a way for those who really appreciate the content, want to take that support to the next level. You can check out the Patreon. We do put some bonus content up there from time to time, but we've been really hammering and prioritizing the YouTube as we continue to build an audience here, a community of Cardinals fans that enjoy listening to Cardinals talk on a daily basis throughout the year. I mean, this this train ain't going to stop rolling when we get to the Cardinal offseason because there should be plenty to talk about as John Mozeliak and company look to rework this 26-man roster, 40-man roster, the whole bit through free agency and trades. So it's going to be a lot of fun talking Cardinals baseball over the next year and a half or so. Not that we're going to stop thereafter, but interesting times in Cardinals land. It got more interesting, I feel, on Friday night. Now, this whole Arenado thing has been kind of touchy because there are Cardinals fans out there who say, look, the media is spinning this narrative out of control. You know, it was the Los Angeles media that put out this baseless speculation about Arenado and the Dodgers and that he'd waive his no-trade clause. And now the local media here in St. Louis seems to be kind of biting on that and milking it for all it's worth with the content that's being put out, the articles being written. And a lot of people say, oh, this is just to drive clicks. This is just to get engagement. I'm telling you what, guys, this isn't me saying Arenado is going to be traded, but I don't think this is just 
everybody in the media trying to blow this thing out of proportion. It is baffling right now the way the St. Louis Cardinals are handling it. And maybe you just think the Arenado angle of it all is a bit of a reach because you just don't legitimately see a world in which John Mozeliak would trade him to the Los Angeles Dodgers. At which point I would say, hey, I agree with you. Like, I don't think he's being traded either. So why waste so much breath doing podcasts and radio segments talking about it and so much virtual ink being spilled, so much being written about this Arenado situation? Why is that? Well, would you say as a Cardinals fan that this season in the way that the front office and ownership and everybody from the top down has handled things has been regular, has been normal, has been like understandable from beginning to end? Because I would argue that there have been a lot of areas where this team has bungled some things. You can pick out any element that you want. The early season Tyler O'Neill stuff, the Wilson Contreras stuff, the general inability from an on-field perspective to get the pitching staff to be effective. And you've got some weird stuff when it comes to Ryan Helsley going on where he says, I didn't say that. Why is that being reported? And you've got, I mean, the, the list goes on, right? So it's not just Nolan Arenado at the center of some weirdness in Cardinals land in 2023. And there are Cardinals fans who would point even further back beyond just this year and say, you know, all that Mike Schilt stuff was weird. Like, in terms of messaging and the organization publicly putting out a persona on various topics, it's been weird. There's been a lot of strange things going on. I don't think that's in your imagination. I don't think it's in mine. I think there's some merit to say, hey, look, a lot of this under, under the table, behind the scenes, it kind of feels like something's off. And then the record this year for the St. Louis Cardinals is certainly off. The team is not performing, and this is turning out to have been a lost season. So just off the top of it, I don't think this is unique to just Arenado when it comes to the front office having a weird year to 18 months to two years with the way a lot of things have been handled and have played out whether it's the actual decisions or just the way that those decisions have been publicly portrayed, it feels to me like they're leaving themselves open to more speculation and criticism than really over the entire tenure. Now, maybe that's just recency bias and that's not the way that it's played out, but it really does feel that way. I mean, the Mike Matheny era, the way that kind of concluded, obviously there were some tumultuous times with that. But the Mike Schilt era was largely successful, and it was strange the way that it ended. But it wasn't like they were dealing with losing seasons and, and things of that nature. And even under Matheny, they weren't really dealing with a losing season like the one that we're seeing right now. So I feel like the tensions are high, higher than they've been in, in past years, When there's even when there have been some controversies. The tensions are high right now because the losing has never happened at a level like this for a John Mosellock-led St. Louis Cardinals team. And we're kind of seeing what this organization looks like, how it operates when it's dealing with these kind of stressors. And right now, I would say it's not really passing the test. But let's go ahead and get into the specifics of the latest with Arenado. Here's my understanding of the way that things played out Friday night. Again, I want to be out front and clear that I was not actually in the clubhouse. I was at Bush Stadium, but I was not working. So I was not in there when this played out with Nolan Arenado, but... I'm going to read you directly from the tweets of reporters who are actually there. 
so that there's no confusion in the way that we're portraying it. From Jeff Jones of the Belleville News Democrat, he tweeted, Arnado initially offered to talk about only tonight's game, then left the clubhouse and then returned of his own volition to answer questions. It was very clear that he would like this all to go away and come Tuesday, he joked, it will one way or another. Then there's Ben Fredrickson of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch who tweeted, if the St. Louis Cardinals are not trading Nolan Arnato, they are handling it very poorly. Front office has ghosted, leaving Arnato to speak on reports and rumors tonight after the game. He initially declined, then came back and talked. He's a pro, but he's frustrated. Bad spot for him to be in. That's from Ben Fred of STL Today. So what it sounds like is Arenado was approached by reporters, was asked if he would talk about all the craziness going on. At first, he said, I'd like to just stick to talking about tonight's game. Ultimately departed, but then, change of heart, decides to come back in and answer the questions about the rumors that have been swirling. A lot he- a lot more heavily, these rumors have been going on since the LA Times story by Jorge Castillo. Who, by the way, for whatever this is worth to you, the guy that originally wrote that LA Times article, he was actually on 101 ESPN in St. Louis Friday, the balloon party show with Tim McKernan. And he basically said, according to kind of what he's hearing now, that the door is kind of closing or has closed for the most part, the door or the window. I hate when I get the paraphrasing wrong. But basically, those those trade talks that seem to maybe have some level of steam from his understanding have died down, which is not to say that they could not ramp back up again before now on August 1st, he wanted to, to clarify but nothing is certainly imminent between the Cardinals and the Dodgers, which, of course, there isn't, which is what we've been saying all along. And again, you can just follow the analysis of why that would be. And it can start right here with John Moselock from last Monday. I guess it's not last Monday anymore. It's about 12 days ago by this point in time. It was the 17th of July when John Moselock was asked this by Martin Kilcoin and gave the following response. Is it fair to say Goldschmidt are not, are not going anywhere? Do they have those assurances? Um, I don't have any intentions of, of trading anybody like them. Um, but you know, like again, like when you have, if you're if you're willing to like listen on anything, you you have to understand. But I doubt that would happen in you know in any scenario at this point. But not ruling anything out at the moment. But I mean, both those guys have complete no trades, and um, you know, I think from their standpoint. They really just want to know directionally what we look like for next year. So there's Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock, on the 17th of July, being asked directly, Arnado Goldschmidt, are those guys part of this sell-off that you're talking about having at the deadline, or do they have assurances that they'll be held out from that and they will remain a part of the present and future of this team? And Moselock, you heard him there, basically said, didn't have plans to trade them, doubts that it would happen, but he's basically telling you he's not in the business of saying a guy's untouchable. It's impossible. It wouldn't happen because maybe there's always a trade. If you get a crazy above the board offer that just you never expected. And I don't know what that would look like. I'm not going to even try and build that package from the Dodgers because I don't feel like John Moselak is making any attempt to build the package from the Dodgers either. I play a lot of fantasy football and most of you might say, I don't care about that. This is a baseball podcast. But bear with me for a moment because I think there's a parallel that's relevant to the situation. In fantasy football, I love to make trades. And during the season, 
I might be texting somebody from my league or they might send me a message asking about making a trade for a particular player. And for people who know football, one of the best receivers in the NFL right now is Justin Jefferson. So if I had Justin Jefferson on my fantasy football team and I was texted by a league mate, hey, I'm interested in trading for Justin Jefferson. I am generally not in the business of going, ha, you scrub, you're never getting Justin Jefferson from me. I'm normally going, okay, that's going to be tough, but what do you got? I mean, what are we looking at? Because if the guy offers me half of his roster and all of the good players from it, I'm still probably saying no, but it's fun to be courted, right? Everybody likes to be wanted and to to uh, have that sort of interaction where you've got something that they want and you all you have to do is listen. You don't have to, there's no obligation, there's no action required. And so that's where I feel like John Mozeliak is when it comes to trade offers. You can ask about Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt. It's fine. Ask away. I'm going to listen, but it doesn't mean it's going to turn into anything. The reason, though, that that works as a mindset with fantasy football differently, perhaps, than it does at the Major League Baseball trade deadline when you are the lead baseball executive for a professional team, in theory, at least, you have to go face-to-face with Nolan Arenado. You have to meet with these players and have conversations with them and make sure that everybody's on the same page. The interpersonal relationship side of Major League Baseball exists. In fantasy football, it does not exist. It has no impact on the life of Justin Jefferson this way or that way, whether I trade him in fantasy football or I don't. However, it's different for Nolan Arenado, is it not? He is the cornerstone player of the St. Louis Cardinals. And when John Mozeliak says 12 days ago that this team is looking to add pitching, pitching, pitching with the goal of contending more capably in 2024 behind the strength of their top players like Arenado and Goldschmidt, who they have no intention of trading anywhere. That's kind of the message. That's the stated plan, the mission statement of the organization. And when these types of rumors and reports crop up and they continue to kind of gain legs and gain leverage, and then it's not just Los Angeles media talking about it. It's not just St. Louis media sharing their own reporting in context on what they happen to know about the situation. But you're getting, I mean, you're being bombarded as a baseball fan this week, are you not? If you've got an ESPN app or if you've got an MLB app, you're getting notifications about this crap. And it's it's like so far-fetched. It's not taking place. But this is an example. And a lot of times I don't really like to hear this type of talk because I think It can be kind of a lazy narrative that can form for baseball fans. But, oh, the media has just run away with this. The fact that you've got, like, Tom Verducci on MLB Network and different people on ESPN talking about, yeah, you know, it really could happen, Cardinals and Dodgers with Arenado. Like, that's where I'll go, all right, you probably are right on this one, baseball fans. That, it has gotten out of control. It's been blown out of proportion. I'll defend, you know, the things that I've said about it. I'll defend the mere fact that we're even talking about it because it is it would be malpractice not to discuss it because it's something that Cardinals fans are obviously interested in and want to be abreast of like the latest not only news and information but like opinion from the people that they look to and and trust to talk about this baseball team. So I'm going to defend absolutely. I'll die on the hill of this is something worth talking about. But has there been sort of a circus going on nationally when it comes to this topic? Absolutely. 
And when something like that happens, I think it is incumbent upon the president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, the one guy who can put a stop to this if he wanted to. There's a lot of different ways he could do it. He could be sitting in the Cardinals dugout at, you know, 345 tomorrow afternoon. And they're going to be media members filtering out of that clubhouse that are going to see him there. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to walk up to him and go, hey, Mo, you want to talk? And he'll be like, yes, I actually do. I'd like to say some things about Nolan Arenado. To this point, it has not happened with John Mozeliak. Maybe it happens tomorrow. Maybe it doesn't in the radio silence and the sort of hiding and obfuscating. All that maybe continues. I don't know what happens from here. There's only four more days left that this can go on. And so maybe he's just going to ride the storm out in the bunker because he feels like he said all that he needs to say on the 17th of July when he said, no, I doubt that that's going to happen. But the landscape has changed. When it's being discussed on a national level and you're the guy who knows what's going on, if these talks took place to any degree, but now they're let's say they're not happening anymore, which is kind of what Jorge Castillo of the LA Times seemed to indicate when he spoke to Tim McKernan on 101 ESPN Friday, if that's the case, I understand that historically the very fervent position of the St. Louis Cardinals has been to not discuss rumors and speculation about free agents and trade situations like they've been very hard and fast about that rule historically every rule is made to be broken though and at this point I think this is something worth breaking over if you're John Mozeliak and you do have the ability to not only quell the concerns of Cardinal Nation which a lot of fans I've even seen Cardinal fans say "Eh, he doesn't have to do that I trust him and he said what he needs to say And to that, I would say that's fine if that's the way you feel about it. Other fans feel differently. But who he definitely needs to talk to, even if he doesn't get in front of a bunch of cameras and and recording devices to make a public statement about the fact that they're not trading Nolan Arenado, he should probably talk to Nolan Arenado. And we'll go ahead and play the clip from KMOV that Tamar Scher tweeted out on Friday night. Again, I wasn't in the clubhouse, but my outlet KMOV has this audio. It's not the full interview. There's a lot more. You should read all of the articles that will come out from the writers that were there in the clubhouse. Many of them have already updated some of their stories with the Arenado quotes, but you'll be able to hear the tone of his voice in some of these clips. And I'll, of course, have something written up by Saturday morning as well. More of an opinion-based piece on what John Mazalak, if he wants to, needs to probably do here, which is, hey, if you want to put an end to this, If these are talks that happened and you can now contextualize it and say, hey, listen, we did talk to the Dodgers about Arnado. It's just like I told all you guys on the 17th of July. We listen and they came a knocking and we answered the door. But as expected, that's just not something that we're really looking to pursue. And we explained that to the Dodgers that it would just have to be above and beyond reasonable. And they eventually gave up and we're not talking that anymore. You don't have to be that specific. John Mozeliak rarely is, but there are things that he could say publicly that could kind of help the situation, I feel. But even more importantly, what has been the interpersonal communication with Nolan Arenado as John Mozeliak? Well, let's hear from Arenado himself. There hasn't really been much of it. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody, you know, really. So I don't know where those reports came from. But, uh, you know, like I said, when when, uh, Mo comes up to me once I have those conversations, we'll have I'm, I'm just here to try to help help the team win, and I'm here to help the Cardinals win while I'm here, and I'm going to compete the best I can right now. And, 
whatever happens, happens. You know, I, I, it's hard for me to sit here and speak on some of these things. Um, you know, like I said, I think the Cardinals, you know, those guys are smart up there, and I think they're looking at every way to make this team better. And uh, that's just kind of how I see it. So there's Cardinals third baseman Nolan Arenado saying, I haven't talked to anybody. These reports, I don't know how they got there. I didn't put that out there. That wasn't me. I'm not involved in it. And then he mentions when Mo wants to come to me and have these conversations, whether or not he'll waive the no trade clause, I imagine was the question there, or just more generally speaking about the topic. He says, when Mo wants to come to me and talk about it, I'll talk about it. We'll have those conversations then. But what does that tell you? That it hasn't happened yet. Not only, like, don't miss the forest for the trees here. Not only is it, Arnado has not told the Cardinals he'll waive or wouldn't waive a no trade clause because the Cardinals haven't asked him about that. Which, by the way, isn't that part's not a surprise because I don't think it would be necessary for them to ask him unless they were imminently ready to trade him. If the Dodgers gave you this offer, you had the offer in hand, and you know the prospects, you know the pieces you'd be getting, and you've decided that it's worth maybe pulling the trigger on, that would be the point at which, at least in my mind, you would go to Arnado and say, look, we had no intention to trade you. However, this is the offer in hand. We're compelled by this offer, and we're also understanding of your desire to win and to know that we're going to try like hell to fix this pitching and to do what we need to do to rebuild this roster for 2024. But I think you're a smart guy too, and you can see that that might be a long road to hoe to be able to get that done and to get it done in, in the timeline of the prime of your career. The Los Angeles Dodgers are going to the playoffs this year, and they, they're going to make a run in the World Series. They want you and they're going to give us these pieces like we've agreed on a deal. Would you waive the trade clause to go back home to Southern California? If that's the way a deal is presented, I there's no doubt in my mind, Arnott, I would say yes. But don't hear what I'm not saying. Like, I'm not saying that Arnott is demanding a trade. He's wanting out of St. Louis. That's not the same thing as the scenario that I just painted, which is a hypothetical scenario because I don't think the Dodgers are going to offer the level of a package that would get the Cardinals and John Mozeliak to budge off of their stated intention of contending in 2024. And even if they did, I think there should be hell to pay for John Mozeliak. He should not be able to get away with trading Nolan Arenado. And so all of this as a hypothetical is rather ridiculous, but we're living in some crazy times. And so we're entertaining it and talking about at least thinking our way through what that would look like. So bottom line is I'm not surprised to hear that Arenado has not told the Cardinals that he'll waive or wouldn't waive a no-trade clause because, really, I don't think that part is necessarily relevant to ask. But if you're John Mozeliak, you cannot continue threading this needle and just say, I can keep talking about trading Arenado to the Dodgers behind his back and he doesn't need to know anything about it and I can just keep all of it from him until the end. There has to be, I think, a level of communication. Either these trade talks aren't happening, ignore what you hear out there, we're, we're behind you 100% as part of our present and future or level with the guy and tell him what's going on. He's a big, big boy. I think he'll understand. He may not be happy about it or he may just say it's a business because you heard there in the clip, he said, I think those are smart guys up there in our front office and they're probably ju just doing their due diligence to try and figure it out. But the sense I get from Arenado in those quotes is that he's speculating just as we are. He's given the benefit of the doubt to say, hey, I think they're doing their due diligence. That's all this is. But 
if you don't think he sees what's going on out there, you're wrong. And if you don't think it's upsetting to the player, Nolan Arenado, and the person, Nolan Arenado, that he's been put in the position to have to answer these questions like this, when that's typically the job of the lead baseball executive, it's John Mozeliak's job to not put the players in a bind like this. Thursday after the game, here's the way this unfolded. All right, I'll take you behind the scenes. Typically, media goes down to the interview room, waits for Ollie Marmel to come to the podium. Ollie does his media session. We go in the clubhouse. But when Ollie leaves the clubhouse to head over across the hallway for the post-game interview, the clubhouse actually opens at that point for media to go in there and talk to players that are around. But it's not like there's a formal process of whether the players were still in there or whether they've gone to treatment or they've gone home or whatever they might be doing at that point. It's post-game by about 10 minutes or so. MLB has certain rules about how quickly they're supposed to open the clubhouse, but it it is conceivably enough time for a player to get dressed, head out, whatever the case might be. And so it's just a mixed bag on who you might see in the clubhouse and what the circumstances are going to be, especially after the Ollie Marmel post-game interview, which may last anywhere from three minutes to five minutes to seven minutes to 12 minutes. Like, it just depends on the day how many questions are asked. And so if there's something really important that you're wanting to make sure you don't miss out on in the clubhouse, you've got to interview a certain guy because you're writing the story about him or you, you know, whatever the reason would be that you'd need to talk to a specific player. There is There are circumstances where you'll skip out basically on the session with Ollie Marmel to go, you know, for me and my job tonight, I really do need to talk to this person more than I need to ask this question of Ollie Marmel. And for people that have, like, you know, the post-dispatch has several writers, and so they might be able to divide and conquer and say, hey, I, I'm really working on this for the story. Would you be able to ask Ollie this question? And that's, you know, KMOV, it just depends on the night whether I've got other people there that are sports reporters or camera people or if I'm just kind of there doing my thing got to make different decisions, right? And so the decision that I made on Thursday was, you know what? If Arnado is in there and he talks, I'll be the chump if I miss it. So I said, I'm going to take the shot. I'm going to go forego the Ollie Marmel postgame and go in the clubhouse when it opens to see if Arnado is still in there. And several other writers did the same thing because they could all sense that this was the whole deal. Of course, he ended up talking tonight on the night that I wasn't working the clubhouse, but that's, you know, that's my own whatever. But the situation as it was Thursday was that Arenado had already gone home. As early as we were able to get in there, he wasn't in there anymore. Happens. Not unusual, not anything to read into other than like, eh, all this stuff is kind of in the air. I wouldn't be lingering around either if I were Nolan Arenado because maybe if I just wait another day before having this kind of public conversation with reporters, maybe by then my president of baseball operations will have cleared the air on some of this stuff and I don't get put into an extremely awkward spot. Yeah, that didn't happen. And even Thursday night, Mike Gersh came walking through and another writer kind of followed him into the hallway, I think, to attempt to get some comment. And there was no comment that was provided. John Mosellock tonight, you may have seen the tweet by Derek Gould. And I'll pull up the exact tweet because I don't want to misrepresent anybody. A lot of good work being done tonight in the Cardinals clubhouse. Gould tweeting out, Nolan Arenado says he has not been approached by the Cardinals about waiving no trade clause. Quote, I'm sure they're doing their due diligence to make this team better, which is part of the quote that you heard there in the audio from Nolan. 
Derek adds, Moselock declined comment when I approached him, says he was on the phone, which was certainly a uh, commentary that Twitter had a lot of fun with. And in the replies to that tweet, I thought my buddy Scott got a great response from DG where Scott said, hey, Derek, if you were able to ask a question, what would you have asked? And Derek said, you could ask why he's leaving a player to answer these questions and face this uncertainty when he, being Mo, has the authority and clarity to do so. It's exactly right. If Mo wants to clarify this situation, it can and will be done. That's the bottom line. For the longer period of time that goes on where he does not, that's where you get a lot of folks that I think were very confident Arenado was not being traded. If you saw the article from Ben Fredrickson, the column in the Post-Dispatch and on STL Today, that certainly seemed to be his tenor. I mentioned Jeff Jones the other day tweeting very definitively, they're not trading Nolan Arenado. I said, I don't have the source that tells me that information or not, so I'm not going to put myself out there and say it definitively, but I will talk and analyze and explain kind of my view of it that I'd be shocked if they were to trade him. But the framing from Ben Fred on his tweet tonight where he said, if the Cardinals are not trading Arenado, they're certainly handling this very poorly, is different. But that I think there's a reason for that. There's now been every opportunity for John Mozilla to say, hey, we're not trading Arenado. All right, they haven't said that. They haven't said anything. And in fact, they have left Arenado to have to fend for himself and answer these questions where he, at first, according to all the, the reports from tonight, said, I'd rather not do that. I'll talk about tonight's game, but otherwise I don't want to talk about the other stuff. Left the clubhouse and came back and said, no, screw it. I will talk about it. I'll answer the questions that I can. You heard in the audio there from Arnado. He says, I don't like really speaking on this. It's because he doesn't. So when you say this is like a trumped up media controversy, listen to Arnado when he says, yeah, I really don't don't know what to say about a lot of this stuff. He shouldn't have to be saying anything. Read through the lines and recognize, Cardinals fans, that this is kind of messed up. This is messed up. Like I said from the beginning, I understand the policy of not publicly commenting on you know trade speculation and things like that. That's always been the Cardinals' policy. I understand that that is their policy. I do not understand them believing that it's the best course of action for this specific scenario if, in fact, they are not intending to trade Arenado. If there are daily conversations going on and it's getting closer and closer to a deal potentially coming to fruition, this is probably the way you would act. (laughs) You would say nothing. You would tell reporters you're on the phone. Sorry, can't talk about it. You would, I mean, you would do exactly what the Cardinals front office is doing. And so that's why I would say it feels like from a, a particular angle that the tenor is changing a little bit. I still maintain that it's not. I'm going to chalk this up to, and again, this is just my read on the situation. I'm going to chalk this up to just John Mozeliak's, I don't know if even stubbornness is the right word, but just his undying commitment to the way he does things. And I would imagine that part of him is frustrated with the way that this is kind of spun out of control on a national level, but he does have control of that. He doesn't want to be the one to show his cards doesn't benefit him from a business standpoint to say we're not trading Arenado necessarily, but I think there is the interpersonal side of this, his relationship with Arenado, his ability to kind of keep that calming presence over the team, to keep that clubhouse intact in a way that's meaningful. Like, I think those things matter. They don't matter if you're doing trade proposals in fantasy football or if you've got the MLB, the show, video game, and 
you're putting on, you know, I guess on the video game, you could probably say, or an auto on the trade block. And then the computer will send you offers, right? Because that they, they know that that player is available. And then when you decide, oh, the computer, I mean, this who designed this game? This is garbage. Arnado's worth way more than that. And you just click delete on all those offers on your video game. Nothing happens. You don't have to go back to Arnado and be like, yeah, bro, sorry about that whole putting you on the trade block thing. It's a video game. It's not real. And a lot of times I feel like this Cardinals front office loses the interpersonal side, the messaging side, the communication side of this equation and has been doing so for a little while now. Like, do you kind of see some similarities to the way the Wilson Contreras stuff has gone where he comes in and they have one expectation of him, but it's like communicated so poorly that when you get five weeks into the season, they're like, oh, we kind of messed that up. We actually want you to do it this way. (laughs) And Wilson's like, bro, I'm getting put through the ringer in every direction. I am who I am. I'm unapologetic about that. You said you liked that when I was for signing here, and that that was actually a a reason to to appreciate me in my my game. But now it's it feels like that's being used against me. And again, there are nuances to all of that, and there are things that Contreras should be working on, and the Cardinals should direct him upon in order to get the most out of him and and have it be the best situation for the team and all that. Like, that's the job, to be able to communicate and have players feel like they are supported, but also, you know, constructively criticized to be able to propel themselves forward and the team forward. It's the interpersonal stuff that I am... I hate to, like, speculate on something. I'm not telling you. I've got a report from in the clubhouse where they told me that this is, you know, this this organization has communicated really poorly with them. But like, look at the body of work recently, the Contreras stuff, the Tyler O'Neill stuff, which again, I think Tyler O'Neill was responsible for a lot of what took place in the way he carried himself and, and was maybe not bringing it like right now he's bringing it amazing catch that he had tonight. Amazing throw that he had tonight going full airborne to gun down a runner at the plate. He was on base four times yesterday. Like, right now, quietly, because the team's still losing, we're seeing the Tyler O'Neill that the Cardinals wanted to see when they put so much weight behind him to begin the season. I'm not ready to count Tyler O'Neill out. It was easy to do when he was indefinitely on the injured list. But I'd be a fool if I were to just crap on that guy and say he's nothing. Oh, he'll just be injured again soon. Like, this is the interpersonal side as well when it comes to just covering a team, you go, eh, it was easy for forget about the guy when he wasn't participatory. But now it's like, you know, he's a pretty freaking good athlete and making some great plays, doing it on, on the bases, doing it in the uh, the batter's box, doing it in the field. Like, all right, this is what the Cardinals saw in him. I get it. How long does that last? Like, those are the things that we talk about as baseball fans. And eventually you've got to make a decision on kind of what your opinion about a player or a player's performance is. I totally get that. But when you're the team, you have to find ways to channel whatever thoughts you have and communicate effectively with the players to get the most out of them, right? Whether players should just be expected to to know the drill and not need the confidence boost or not need the constant reassurance or whatever you might happen to think as a baseball fan, I would say you can have that opinion, but then can't we turn around and... and recognize that a lot of the questions from Cardinals fans in recent years have been, why can't the Cardinals get the most out of their talent? Why is it that guys leave 
go somewhere else and then finally spread their wings. And you know the examples. I don't have to run down the gambit of the list of them. But that's a question that Cardinals fans a lot of times are wondering. And so I don't think it's reasonable to turn around and say, oh, these players shouldn't be soft and they shouldn't need reassurance and they shouldn't. Like, I think there are some connective threads to all of this where you could go, you know what? It could benefit the Cardinals top to bottom organizationally to be more effective in the way that they are communicating as an organization, interpersonal communication. And that feels like maybe a bold thing to say. I'm not saying it's the end all be all. I'm not saying it's a smoking gun and that's why the team's bad this year. I'm just saying, I think it's as people who follow this Cardinals team are, are you guys seeing the same thing I'm seeing? Let me know. This is the first time I've asked anybody to comment on YouTube, so probably nobody's listening anymore and you won't. But let it be known, I want your comments on this topic. Absolutely. Comment below on YouTube and make sure to hit that subscribe and like button on this video. But like I said, not a smoking gun. I'm not trying to pretend I am uncovering something grand and, and gigantic that's impacting this team. But I do think it's a fair question to ask and to look at some of these things. And to say, would we be asking all of these questions if the Cardinals were winning? No, but they're not winning. So is it the chicken or the egg? When a team is not winning, I feel like it is, if you covered this team, part of the gig to look into some of the things that have been going wrong or that feel off and say, could this be contributing to some of what's going on? It certainly feels like it's contributing to a culture at this point. Nolan Arenado talking about the culture and, and whether he's lost confidence in the ability to win in St. Louis. This was a question asked of Arenado, Jeff Jones tweeting the answer with a quotation. So it's quote, I mean, we're losing. So I don't know right now. I can't look at the future. I look at right now and that's what I'm paying attention to. It's hard for me to look beyond this year. Quote continues a little later on quote. You never know what happens in a year. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So I'm just focused on what's going on right now. And right now we're not very good. So hopefully we can change that tomorrow. That's from Nolan Arenado, courtesy of Jeff Jones. You can follow him, JM Jones, on Twitter. So is the fact that Nolan Arenado hasn't gotten real firm communication on what John Mozeliak's plans for him at this trade deadline are, is that why the Cardinals are bad this year? Not what I'm saying. But I think it's a very interesting situation that has arisen I don't know how you can read these quotes from Arnado and hear them like Tamar put out for KMOV on her Twitter page and hear them as I repurpose them here on this podcast and not go, you know what, Arnado sounds kind of peeved off. He doesn't sound happy that he's been put into this position. I don't think that's the media just contriving a controversy. I think it's Arnado being rightfully a little bit upset with the way that John Mozeliak has put him into this position. He's frustrated not only with the losing, but the fact that why is he the one out front and center when the president of baseball operations could tell everybody or at least tell him what the plans are at the deadline when it comes to trading Arnado or not. The idea of listen to any offer is really compelling in a video game. It's compelling in fantasy football and it's compelling in real baseball until the point where you fail to double back with the player and keep the guy abreast so that the very emotional cares about winning, cares about the game, cares about his career guy doesn't end up feeling like he's on the outs with the situation that 
has spiraled out of control, but he's got nothing to do with. So I feel for Nolan Arenado in this situation because I feel like if John Moselec had prioritized it more, tonight's situation with Arenado in the clubhouse would not have happened. If there was a recognition on the part of the Cardinals to say, you know, this is not an ideal situation. Certainly, I have some empathy for Arenado to say that even though we've kind of got to do our job and it's a business and, and we'd be silly to not entertain some of these offers, maybe I should double back with him on a personal human connection level and be like, hey, here's what's going on. I'm not saying that's an easy conversation, but I am saying that somebody in John Mozeliak's role, it's important for him to be able to execute it. Or if he can't do it, have Mike Gersh do it. If Mike Gersh can't do it, like there's somebody in that front office that can double back with Arnado to reassure a player. I feel like that is something that should have happened by this point. I don't necessarily, and I've said this in recent podcasts talking about Arnado. I don't necessarily think it's got to happen that he publicly, mostly like publicly talks to reporters and tells them trade's not going to happen because it's possible that that's not true, that he is at least still going to continue to listen as he's identified already and that it could do more damage than good publicly for him to get in front of reporters and then maybe have something he says be misconstrued or him say it a way that he doesn't intend and maybe make this whole thing worse. But I think at a minimum, to hear from Arenado, him say, well, when Mo wants to come and talk to me about it, we'll talk about it. That tells me it hasn't happened on a very substantive level at this point, and that to me is problematic. Did Arenado say, I would or wouldn't waive my trade clause? No, he didn't say that tonight. Did he say he'd block a trade? No, he didn't say that tonight. I don't think he has any reason to have said it, but I also think there needs to have been some communication between John Moselec and Arenado, and right now it seems like I think Ben Fredrickson put it well. The front office has ghosted. And so tonight it was up to Arenado to address it. Will John Moselak address it on Saturday? I speculated to an, uh, a fellow reporter that I think that's what we're going to get on Saturday afternoon. That reporter told me, yeah, I don't really know. He, we might not see that. At this point, it may just be hold into the bunker and and, and ride this out. I honestly don't know what to expect. But it is very clear that the criticism is beginning to reach a fever pitch. The criticism of the way Mozeliak has approached this. And by the way, Mozeliak and Gersh and that entire front office, they should right now be right in the middle of figuring out a way to trade Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, and Jordan Hicks for value. That should be what they're working on because you're seeing potential trade partners, potential dance partners, link up with somebody else and and leave the dance leave the dance floor, and you're just kind of still standing there with your rental pitchers going, doesn't anybody want these guys? Hey, they probably do, but you got to find the match. You got to be the matchmaker. And I feel like right now, I don't know how much emotional energy is being spent by John Mozeliak trying to mentally figure out what to do with these rumors, or if truly it's Teflon and he doesn't even see him, care about him, feel him, nothing. But it's getting to a point where the rumbling is getting so loud that I don't know. Can he continue to ignore it publicly? At a minimum, I would hope he's already had at least a texting conversation with Arnado since the things that were said Friday night in the clubhouse. I have no idea, though. I'm just as intrigued by all of this as you guys are. But I do want to maintain my stance. I don't expect Arnado to be traded because it's the same stuff that I said the other day when I went in on it. If John Mozeliak were to execute that trade, it should be 
lambasted far and wide. The fan base should riot. The media should not allow him to spin it. You acquired Arenado as a crowning achievement of your tenure. You don't get to a few years later trade him away and say, no, it's a good thing. I fixed the pitching. Nope. It's not how it works. So because the hypothetical trains continue to roll down the tracks, believing that there is still an inkling of a possibility that Arenado is dealt, again, I don't think it happens, but because these things are still rolling out around out there, I am going to continue to make it clear that, hey, if and when the unexpected should occur, which I would still place it well below a 1% chance of it happening, but I want to make sure I've already been on record to say nobody should allow it. Nobody should allow that to be spun in a way that's like, hey, this is actually good for the Cardinals, even if there are objective reasons that it would be good for the Cardinals. Like adding two or three young pitching prospects that go right into your rotation in 2024, if those guys pan out, obviously we'll look back in a decade and say, oh, it was actually good that they got those players. If the Cardinals are able to come up with a couple of other prospects from the Dodgers, maybe some young hitters, whoever it might be, and those guys slide in and perform, then you'd go, oh, it's a good thing they got those guys. And then if you take the $90 million still owed to Arenado, and now he's a Dodger, so you can spend it, and they spend it effectively on some really great players, you'd go, oh, it was really good that that happened. If Jordan Walker gets to go back to third base and turns into a fine defender there, and then you can build an outfield more effectively because you don't have to teach a third baseman how to play outfield as part of it, you might say, oh, that's a positive. All of those elements would be part of the spin cycle that the Cardinals front office would try to put everybody through if a trade of Arenado happened. It should be wholly and outright rejected. The spin should not be accepted. There's no silver lining. There's nothing but an unmitigated failure of this front office if Nolan Arenado is traded away rather than built around. That's my opinion. Let me know what you think. Comment below on YouTube because there are, there are plenty of Cardinals fans who I've seen say, hey, look, he's 32 years old. It's going to be 33. We do need the pitching. So, yeah, I could see it. I really like that Bobby Miller. Like, there are some Cardinals fans who are on board with it, and I'm not here to tell you how to think. I'm telling you how I cover the team and the way I view it from my position is that I wouldn't, as a Cardinal fan, uh-uh. I would not accept it. Because there there are still, and there should have certainly been, ways that John Mozeliak and company can fix the pitching without trading their literal best player, who is still in his prime, by the way. So that is like my final word on it, and I'll continue to reiterate that until such time that these rumors go away because the deadline is passed or such time that he's traded, and then we're talking about it from the other side of the coin. I will say this part of it, though. I feel like the idea that this entire situation does put pressure on the front office to fix the team if Arenado is still going to be a part of it so that in 12 months he doesn't have a, a more firm tenor to his voice of, yeah, I'd like to be traded. To make sure that doesn't happen next July, I think this situation does ramp up that intensity. But even now, when asked, I mean, he was asked tonight. I read the tweet from Jeff Jones. If he's lost confidence in the ability to win in St. Louis, he said, hey, I mean, we're losing now, so I don't know. I can't look at the future. I can look at right now, and that's all I can really do. Hard for me to look beyond this year. So he's not really saying definitively that he believes in the course of the organization, but if I were to tell you that that is the smoking gun of Arenado's unhappy in St. Louis, that would be spin, and that's not what I'm telling you, but it is what he said. 
He's basically saying, hey, we're losing now, and I don't really know what to make of it moving forward. All that is, to me, is a player that says, I need to see the steps so that we can get there. But I don't hear, I'm begging to be out of St. Louis. I need to demand this trade. That's not the position that he's in. And ultimately, until the Cardinals decide to trade him, anybody else and anything else that's said coming from the L.A. side or the Dodgers side, it doesn't matter because they can say until they're blue in the face that the Dodgers are interested in Arenado. And I would say no shit. They should be. He's awesome. But the Cardinals would have to agree to trade him. And he has not forced their hand to do so because he has not demanded to be traded. So at this point, it's still much to do about nothing other than I think it's a microcosm of the way that John Mozeliak needs to try to get his house in order and recognize the interpersonal side of these things should be prioritized a little more heavily than they have been. That's maybe the mild way to put it, but that's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing. Let me know what you think. YouTube.com slash at bshafer12. Comment below on this YouTube video. Click that subscribe button and like it before you get out of here. It's been almost an hour. I thought I might talk some Michaelis. I'm probably not going to at this point because it's it's 2 a.m. But it is crazy to me that he was suspended. But my prediction is that they'll bump Michaelis up a little bit in the rotation, just like they did after the, the weather delay game because he didn't throw that many pitches, and so he won't need the full four days of rest, five days of rest, whatever it is. I think he'll appeal the suspension until he pitches, and then when he does, he can probably drop the suspension. Unless they they solve this thing really, really quickly, that's kind of the way that I expect it to go. I would doubt that if the suspension appeal is seen all the way through, that MLB would do anything but uphold the suspension because they already doubled down on thinking he needed to be ejected and then he needed to be suspended, and it's a it's an it's a joke, it's a circus. But, uh, you know, he did throw intentionally at him, and so if we're going to be big old babies about it, then I guess that is the way that it's going to go. It's gonna, it's not really like a big deal at this point. It's just kind of more, I feel like, hypocrisy from MLB. But again, the Cardinals are out of it, so it doesn't really make a difference. Suspend Michaelis for a start, and really all that does is bump his start day back one day. So whatever. Let me know though, what you think about that, and primarily about the Arenado Mosaic stuff, as I feel like, as I'll say in the video title, the communication levels from the Cardinals front office, it, it's maybe at an all-time low at this point, which is not a reference to emo night coming up at Bush Stadium. That is going to do it for this edition of the show. Appreciate you guys so much for listening. As always, make sure you click the subscribe button. I know I beg about it, but it's really great to see the community growing, to see the comments that you guys put out there on every video it means a lot to me. So thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shafe Daily. Peace.